0: Coming up on Studio Berlin.
1: The Germans have totally dominated the luxury car market, but uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of different threats that they're facing.
0: Threats like steep tariffs from the US or Tesla's plan to build a factory near Berlin. What's next for Germany's troubled car makers? They are now uh, pouring billions of of euros into these electric vehicles, so uh, I guess One shouldn't underestimate uh, their engineering prowess and determination once they're committed to this. That's up next here on KCRW Berlin. Stay tuned.
2: Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on 104.1 FM, KCRW Berlin. Each week, we're taking a closer look at the events shaping our lives here in Germany's capital. I'm your host, Noah Barkin, and on this week's show, we'll be discussing Germany's car makers and the growing threats that they face. Companies like Daimler, Volkswagen, and BMW have helped fuel the country's economic resurgence, and become a huge source of national pride. But now the challenges are mounting. There's Brexit, protectionist threats from U.S. President Donald Trump and from China. This is all happening as German carmakers undergo a painful shift from combustion engines to electric. Elon Musk has added insult to injury by announcing plans to build a massive Tesla factory on the outskirts of Berlin. Joining me in the studio to discuss these issues is Stefan Nikola of Bloomberg News, who visited the site of the Tesla factory last month. Welcome, Stefan. Thanks so much for having me. We also have Thorsten Rieke of German newspaper Handelsblatt, who was at the World Economic Forum in Davos last month when Trump issued his latest threat to hit European car makers. Welcome, Thorsten.
3: I know. Glad to be here.
2: And on the phone from Frankfurt, Jack Ewing of the New York Times, a close observer of Germany's car industry for years and author of a best-selling book on the Dieselgate scandal at Volkswagen. Welcome, Jack.
1: Hello, Noah. Thanks for having me.
2: Jack, I'd like I'd like to start with you. I wonder if you could give us an idea of the mood among German carmakers right now. You were just uh, uh, reporting on this down in, in Baden-Württemberg. Not long ago, these these car makers were riding high. Then the Dieselgate scandal hit, and now they're facing threats on so many other fronts. Is there a sense of panic among these companies?
1: Oh, I don't know. If panic's the right word, but they're certainly feeling an awful lot of pressure. And I think they have to be thinking about what their futures really look like. I mean, the, the Germans have totally dominated the luxury car market. But uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of different threats that they're facing at the same time. I mean, I, you mentioned them, the car, the car industry globally. Uh, sales are flat or declining in most of the major markets. Um, there's a big technology shift that's very expensive that's going to cost them hundreds of billions of dollars to invest in electric cars and autonomous driving, and they don't even know whether it's going to be profitable or not. Uh, there's the trade war. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, there's uh, the coronavirus, uh, which hopefully won't last too long, but is already starting to create supply chain problems. So it's really a lot to deal with at at, at one time.
2: Stefan, I wanted to turn to you. Um, Jack mentioned this huge challenge of uh, shifting from traditional combustion engines to electric vehicles. Uh, you've been following Tesla's plans to build a factory outside of Berlin, and we're going to come back to that later. But first, um, do you have a sense of how far behind the German car makers are in making this,
0: uh, this big adjustment? Yeah, well, no, that, that is a million-dollar question, I guess. Um, experts say that the German giants still are behind, in, and you can see that just by looking at, at one uh, big denominator here in the electric car race, and that is battery range. Uh, Elon Musk recently said that the Model Y crossover will have a range of 315 miles. Compare that to the U.S. EPA's estimated ranges of just over 200 miles for the Audi e-tron and the Porsche Taycan. So so there still is a difference there. Uh, now, why is that? Well, German car makers, of course, have stalled the shift to electric a bit. And experts also say that these traditional automakers are at a disadvantage when it comes to building battery vehicles because they have to keep spending money and resources on these older combustion engine cars, which influences how they think about vehicle design and battery pack efficiency. And analysts have said that, you know, even automakers such as VW and Daimler, whose pockets are deep enough to invest in these dedicated EV platforms, are behind because they don't put a high enough priority on developing EV technology in-house. That said, and, and here comes the big but, they are now uh, pouring billions of, of euros into these electric vehicles. So uh, I guess one shouldn't un- underestimate uh, their engineering prowess and determination once they're committed to this. Well, yes, they're certainly uh, making that shift and accelerating this
2: uh, transition towards electric vehicles. Well. U.S. President Donald Trump has been talking about German cars for decades. In his famous interview with Playboy magazine back in 1990, he said that if he ever became president, he would throw a tax on every Mercedes-Benz rolling into the country. Now he is president, and he appears ready to do just that. Let's listen to what he said just last month at the World Economic Forum.
1: The United States has been losing 150 billion and more for many years, 150 billion more. I mean really more than that. With the European Union, they have trade barriers where you can't trade. They have tariffs all over the place. They make it impossible. They are frankly more difficult to do business with than China.
2: More difficult to do business with than China. Interesting. Well, Later in an interview with CNBC in in Davos, Trump threatened to impose very high tariffs on European cars. Torsten, uh, you were in Davos last month to cover Trump. Uh, His threat to slap tariffs on European cars, this has been sort of percolating for uh, over a year. How real do you think this is?
3: I think it's very real, actually. So he didn't mention the threat in his main speech, but when he met with the new uh, president of the EU Commission, Ursula uh, von der Leyen, he made it very clear that EU and cars are next on the agenda for him. So he has this kind of truce with China now when it comes to trade, but he's actually pushing now in the uh, European direction. And he said he will try to get a deal from the Europeans before election, that would be before November. So we are in a crucial time here, and. Remember that there, are, uh, a big difference. there is a big difference between tariffs on the European and the U.S. side. If you actually export a car from Europe to the U.S., uh, you pay a lesser tax than when you export a U.S. car to Europe. And that's the reason for the U.S. president to uh, put this issue uh, right in front of the Europeans.
2: And... and- these threats are not only coming from the US. The Chinese ambassador to Germany suggested back in December that Beijing could punish German carmakers if Berlin didn't include Chinese telecommunications group Huawei in its uh, 5G mobile network. Uh, so so the German carmakers are really getting it from both sides.
3: Actually, that's right. And they're getting it from three sides. Remember, we have Brexit at the moment. I mean, if you look at the Uh, most important export markets for German car industries. Those are the U.S., China, and Great Britain. So the German car industry really is squeezed at the moment between uh, those uh, foreign countries. And uh, as I said, that makes them quite nervous.
2: Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to take a closer look at Tesla's assault on the German auto establishment. You're listening to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. We'll be right back. A family's scientific legacy is put in jeopardy when their daughter confronts their controversial theories.
0: Dad actually said that if our theories need to be re-examined in light of new evidence or no evidence...
2: Then they should be. Deidre Henry and Judy Ann Elder star in Relativity by Cassandra Medley. Next time on LA Theatre Works. Catch LA Theatre Works, Sunday nights at 7 on
3: KCRW Berlin.
2: Welcome back to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. I'm Noah Barkin, and today we're talking about the troubled German car industry. On the line from Frankfurt is Jack Ewing of the New York Times, and here in the studio is Torsten Rieke of Handelsblatt and Stefan Nicola from Bloomberg News. Well, Tesla founder and CEO Elon Musk dropped a bombshell when he passed through Berlin last November. Let's listen to what he said.
0: Um. And I uh, actually have an, uh, an announcement, uh, which I think we hopefully will received, uh, that we've decided to put uh, the G- Tesla Gigafactory uh, Europe uh, in the Berlin area. Oh.
2: So, yeah. So big news, uh, Jack. E- Elon Musk has decided to build his European assembly plant uh, on the outskirts of Berlin. Why do this in Germany where labor costs are so much higher than say Poland which is only an hour's drive away?
1: Well, I uh, I think that he he he's making a direct challenge to the the German car industry. I think location is important. Uh it it's sort of like planting a flag in really the heartland of the uh car industry that the country where cars were invented. And so I think it was a deliberate attempt to make a statement. And I think there's also some practical reasons, Uh, one being that he can learn a lot from the way that uh, Germans manufacture. I think that uh, Germans are probably better at making cars than anybody else. And he can poach engineers, and he can draw on that expertise. And uh, so I think all those factors came into play.
2: Interesting. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops. Stefan, you paid a visit to uh, Grünheide, the town southeast of Berlin, where Tesla is building this plant. Can you tell us what is going on there? What what do you see when you go down there?
0: Yeah, Grünheide is, you know, a, a sleepy town on the outskirts of Berlin, nestled between sort of two lakes. And nothing much has happened there for a number of years until Tesla came into town. And now there's, of course, a big frenzy of activity. Uh, investors are calling the mayor's office to uh, pitch anything from uh, skyscraper buildings to shopping malls. So uh, the Tesla investment really has put this sleepy little town on the map.
2: But but it's interesting, not all the locals in Grünheide seem to be welcoming Tesla with open arms. There have been protests in recent weeks. Um, I've heard that there's concern about hibernating bats in the trees that they're going to planning to cut down um can you tell us why uh, some of these locals are, are against the plant
0: yes um well there's concern from hibernating bats to wolves to the trees to uh ant nests in in the the forest uh um that is supposed to be cut down for the tesla factory there's also water concerns um Some locals have uh, questioned uh, Tesla's ability to build this factory without sort of destroying the groundwater levels there. So there's a whole range of concerns that locals have uh, mounted, but uh, um, the opposition so far isn't uh, material enough to stop the project.
3: Yeah, interestingly, uh, Tesla had a PR event in Grünheide, and the funny thing was they were looking for young engineers to listen what they are actually planning and uh, uh, would show them that they are a cool company. And most of the people who actually showed up were retirees, super engineers. so pensioners. So there is probably some work to do for, for, for Tesla.
2: So not quite Silicon Valley. Not uh, yet, in- not yet. Okay.
3: Um, uh, Torsten, uh,
2: I wanted to come back to you. Can- I'm curious, do you, can you see Germans embracing Teslas? Uh, I, I, I saw that Markus Söder, the premier of Bavaria, was rather dismissive of Tesla cars during a radio interview this week. He called Musk a great space pioneer and visionary, uh, but basically said the cars aren't that great. Uh, Germans are very proud of their car makers do you think they'll give up their BMWs, Audis, and Porsches for for Teslas?
3: I'm not sure yet. I mean, Markus Söder, he's the prime minister of Bavaria. He has to say that, and I'm not sure whether he's driving an electric car, but he's certainly his country, his, his uh, state, his Bundesland depends very much on uh, car industries. So there is a sensitivity here uh, we have to keep in mind. Uh, Germans overall, they are interested in uh, uh, electric cars. I mean, look at the uh, climate debate we are having in this country. So, There's certainly an environment which makes them um, more interested in, in uh, electric cars. And if you look at the numbers, actually, uh, the applications to get state aid uh, to buy an electric car, they are going up. So it's, there are some good signs here.
2: Yeah, well, Germany is a very green country. The, the Greens Party is, is one of the leading... Leading parties in Germany now, um, huge concern about climate, and that, of course, could affect decisions about what cars Germans buy. Uh, Jack, I wanted to come back to you. Uh, Tesla has a very aggressive timetable. The first car is expected to roll off the new production line in July of next year, very short uh, timetable, and and this plant is expected to produce up to 500,000 cars cars per year. How big of a threat do you think this is to the traditional German car makers?
1: Well, I I think it's a pretty big threat. Um, I mean, whether uh, Musk can keep that schedule is another question. He has a history of overpromising, but I think there will be a factory and they'll make a lot of cars. I mean, already the Model 3 in Europe uh, is is taking really significant uh, market share. I've, I've seen figures where in December, the Model 3... Uh, the, the least expensive Tesla, was just behind the Golf and the Renault Clio in sales. So uh, it's already beating the, the BMW 3 Series, uh, the Mercedes C-Class, and so that's that's really a, a big threat to the German car makers. And I think the Tesla quality, as uh, you pointed out, is not quite what you get from the Germans, but at the moment anyways, consumers seem to be able to forgive Uh, some flaws in workmanship for the other type of technologies that they're getting.
2: Jack, do you have a sense of what share of the market electric cars have now in Germany and how that compares maybe to some other countries?
1: Europe-wide, I don't know the figure for Germany. Europe-wide, it's uh, about 10% of the new registrations. Um, So that's growing very quickly. Uh, And... Uh, this is in a market that is otherwise flat, so it's uh, although it's still a relatively small segment of the market, it's it's growing very very quickly, and so it's it's not a segment that you want to be leaving uh, to some uh, new challenger.
2: Okay, we're going to take another short break, and afterwards we're going to talk about the role the German car industry plays in the national psyche. Stay tuned.
1: Next time on Studio 360...
0: Pedro Amadovar is a very tough director. It's not easy working with him.
1: Why Antonio Banderas keeps going back to his longtime collaborator. He managed
0: to bring out of me a character that I didn't even know I had inside.
1: Academy Award nominee Antonio Banderas on Pedro Amadovar, part of our Oscar special, next time on Studio 360.
0: Studio 360, Sunday nights at 6 on KCRW Berlin. PRI's The World brings you voices from around the globe. It's your daily source for international news and a gateway to cultures beyond our borders. I'm Marco Werman. Join me right here for the next edition of The World.
2: Tune in to The World Tuesday through Saturday mornings at 8 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. You're listening to Studio Berlin on KCRW Berlin 104.1 FM. I'm Noah Barkin, and we've been talking about the challenges and the outlook for the German car industry. We have Jack Ewing on the line from Frankfurt. He works for The New York Times. And here in the studio are Stefan Nicola from Bloomberg and Thorsten Rieke from Handelsblatt. So Jack, coming back to you, you wrote a book about Volkswagen and the emissions cheating scandal. You've been covering this industry for a long time. Can you talk about the importance of these these brands, Volkswagen, Mercedes, Audi, BMW for Germany's sense of national pride, its self-confidence?
1: Well, it's the it's the biggest uh, export industry I often tell people that uh, Germany is what you would get if if the state of Michigan was a country. It's really, uh, the economy revolves around cars. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that. Germans are very proud of their cars. Uh, It's the place where the car was invented. And um, it's always been a a big part of uh, German history. So certainly... Uh, to be uh, beat by some upstart like Tesla or to have this industry threatened is you know a threat to the whole national psyche.
2: tostin you were writing a book about Germany caught between the two big powers, China and the United States. Do you think the car industry, whose success is a big part of Germany's post-war revival, if it could be a casualty of this new era of big power
3: competition? That could be the case. If you remember, everything is connected to everything at the moment. Uh, Remember the uh, Iran dispute between the U.S. and uh, Europe – so the Americans threaten to put car, uh, tariffs on European cars if European countries uh, are not putting more pressure on Iran. Uh, the um, uh, Chinese ambassador uh, uh, reminded the Germans that if Germany is not actually accepting Huawei as a provider of 5G technology, they could actually sanction or put tariffs on German cars. So everything is connected to everything at the moment, and it's a very unpredictable environment. And Germany is right right in the middle of it. It's the most connected economy around the world, and it feels the pressure from all sides at the moment.
2: Stefan, coming back to you, what is your sense? I mean, you cover technology issues for Bloomberg. What is your sense? The car industry is moving in this new direction. What is your sense of, of how Germans
0: will embrace these new electric cars? Well, I think uh, um, Germans are certainly open to a cleaner shift in technology. Um, Remember that Germany has Europe's mightiest environmental movement. Um, On the other hand, of course, the German car industry employs hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, So um, any politician, any mayor, you know, any uh, council member will, will want to secure those jobs. And I think that that is the foremost concern at the moment that, you know, all of these jobs are secured uh, in the long run. Yeah, I mean, you make a very good point there. Uh, Jack, how easy is that
2: transition? You were just just reporting on, on this very issue in southern Germany. These are big companies with big factories that have been geared to to producing traditional combustion engine cars. Now they're making this big switch. It's not quite as simple as shifting everyone in the factory to producing electric cars, is it?
1: No, and uh, I think it's it's going to the companies that are going to be hit the hardest will be these small and mid-sized companies that are really the backbone of the German economy, and that make parts for diesel engines or parts for uh, other uh, internal combustion parts. And uh, I know those companies are all trying to find uh, some kind of a product or place for themselves in a new electric age, but but it's not going to be easy. Um, and one big thing is just that the moment all the batteries, uh, almost all of the batteries come from Asia, so all the money that the car makers make now from building engines, that value goes to Asia, and so jobs that are now in Germany building internal combustion engines will go to Asia for people building batteries, unless, of course, uh, Europe can create its own battery industry, but that's, that's still an open question.
2: That's right. I recall that uh, last year uh, the German economy minister Peter Altmaier was trying to organize this European consortium to build batteries, but the Chinese are setting up shop in eastern Germany to, uh, with a battery plant. Um, that's going to be something to watch. I wanted to come back to all of you and ask you a very give me a very brief answer to the following question to wrap things up. First to Stefan, can Elon Musk, the rebel from Silicon
0: Valley, succeed in Germany? Well, uh, based on today's evidence uh, and, you know, if he succeeds in building that plant, why not? What about you, Torsten?
3: If He's patient. I think uh, he could do it. So it will take a longer time than in other countries. But yes. And Jack?
1: Yes. Uh, I mean, the other thing is that he's also ahead in software autonomous driving. Now, that's something we haven't talked about, but that's going to be a big uh, competitive factor, and Tesla has a big jump on the others.
2: Well, that's it for our latest edition of Studio Berlin. Thanks to Jack Ewing of The New York Times, Thorsten Rika of Handelsblatt, and Stefan Nicola of Bloomberg for this fascinating discussion.
1: Thank you. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having us, Noah.
2: I'm Noah Varkin. For more information about this show, join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter And make sure to tune in next week for a new edition of Studio Berlin. Have a great weekend.